Good morning, and welcome to Law, Motor, Law Matters for this morning. Uh, this is Rich Tracy sitting in for Sherry Harrison, and uh, we have a great show for you this morning. We'll get to that in just a minute. First, I would like to go through a few announcements. On Sunday, October 16th at 2 o'clock, the Arizona Heroes Memorial in Oro Valley is sponsoring a Rockin' Heroes concert to honor all first responders, military veterans, and Gold Star families at James Creek Park in Oro Valley. Go to rockinforheroes.org for details. We're also asking our listeners to nominate your favorite veteran for a day of recognition. Go to lawmatters1030.org and check the contest tab for details. September 10th, we are hosting an active shooter training presented by the Tucson Police Department. This will be for civilians to know how to respond in an active shooter situation. Please go to lawmatters1030.org and uh, check our event page to register. You will need to register. So let's start with our guest. We have a great guest here this morning. Terry Johnson is a retired Department of Public Safety uh, detective and trooper, and he is also the co-founder and president of the Arizona Mo- Fallen Heroes Memorial Riders. Exactly. All right. Good morning, Terry. Glad to have Good you. Good morning. Here. All right. So we got a lot to get a lot to get to this morning. So why don't we start with just run through your career for us. Tell okay. us about yourself. Uh, after graduating from the academy, I was uh, assigned to a remote duty station out at Three Points. Uh, spent about four years out there. Then I transferred into te- uh, Tucson. Spent about six months working the freeway. Then I transferred into narcotics. Uh, developed a fairly major case that tied into the Enrique Camarena killing. Uh, Finished that, uh, transferred, or excuse me, let me back up just a second. Uh, during the major investigation that I was, narcotics investigation I did, I started working uh, officer involved critical incidents. My first three critical incidents had four dead DPS officers. One of those was my field training officer, the guy who taught me how to be a cop. Uh, Really got uh, involved in death investigation after that. Uh, transferred into a general investigation squad where I, I worked a lot of uh, death investigation, including seven more officers dying in the line of duty. From there, uh, all in toll, I probably investigated clo- or a part of an investigation of about 300 people dying, and it was various ways of death. 2009, my son uh, was deployed to Afghanistan, and for the couple of years prior to him being deployed, I really kind of slipped into a real dark spot in life, and um, it was, uh, I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I slept about four hours a night, had nightmares. I mean, it was fighting, fist fights, gun fights, uh, everything you can imagine. I'd lost about 30 pounds uh, when he was deployed. I lost uh, about 30 pounds uh Total. I mean, I I was almost looking like a skeleton. Uh, I 
asked for help, got help, got myself back to where I could function, and uh, really started trying to take care of myself. In 2013, uh, the doctor said, you need to have a knee replacement. So I had the... I went home, told my wife, I said, doctors tell me I need to have a knee replacement. And she said, well, you've been ready to retire for a year. And I said, well, yeah, you're right. But I still was enjoying the job at that point. When when I got to uh, time for the surgery... I did a lot of soul searching and made the decision that I just didn't want to do the job anymore. 35 years at that point, I had been doing the job, and, and I was just, I was tired. I was i was really tired. One of the things the doctor told me, he said, no more running, no more jumping. I figured if I can't run or jump, I don't want to get anybody injured, you know, I, as far as uh, me not being able to perform my job. So I had the surgery in 2014, took 12 weeks off of sick leave, told the sergeant, my sergeant said, I'm not coming back. And he goes, oh, yeah, you are. And I said, nah, I'm not coming back. Retired in May of 2014. Uh, Didn't do a whole lot after that. Uh, Just kind of get myself better. Then I, uh, in 2016, my wife and I decided to buy a motorcycle. Now, we bought a motorcycle with training wheels. We bought one of those Can-Ams that has the wheels out front and one wheel in the back and uh, started organizing what we called day rides. And in the day rides, what we would do is we'd pick a spot like Tombstone or Clint's Well or someplace where we could go a bunch of retirees would get together and go have lunch. After lunch, we'd split up and go our separate ways. One of my former uh, supervisors was following me on Facebook and said, "Okay, you're organizing these day rides. Why don't you? What do you think about organizing a memorial ride?" And I said, "Well, I've been thinking about that." Uh, thinking about the 10 officers that I had been a part of the investigation of their deaths, especially my field training officer, I'm going, okay, we've got to figure something up to try to honor those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Okay, so let me let me stop you right there because okay. I want to spend a whole bunch of time on that. But I'm not going to let you mention that you were involved in a major investigation <laughs> Involving the death of DE agent Kiki Camarena without giving me more information on that. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's go back. Okay. All right. To the late 80s. Okay. And tell us a little bit more about that. And okay. before we do that, I just want to let everybody know that we are broadcasting live remotely from the uh, Harley Davidson of Tucson in Marana, where uh, when we get to the, the memorial riders and what you're doing, uh, you'll be here all day to let people come and register for your events that you kind of alluded to. That's correct. So we're going to get to all of that. Okay. But let's go back okay. to Kiki Camarena and that investigation. All right. I'm not going to let you off that easy. Okay. Uh, being a brand-new baby narc in 1985, my partner looked at me and he said, handed me a little uh, manila folder and said, 
I haven't had time to work this. Will you take a look at it and see what you can come up with? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I started looking at the paperwork that he had completed. And as I was looking at it, I'm going, okay. So I started digging. The more I dug, the more I uncovered a major uh, marijuana trafficking organization that was based in Tucson. As I dug, I found out that they were in 13 states. Uh, they were taking marijuana all over the country. And who was the kingpin of that organization? The guy's name was Woodrow Wilson Brown Jr. Uh, he was... Uh, no relation to the president, Woodrow Wilson? No. Okay, no, just no. want to make sure our visitors no. understand it. No, he was, a, he was actually a very nice southern gentleman. He was from Alabama. Uh, he had, um, but he was very well connected. His uncle was a guy by the name of Harold Garmany. Harold Garmany was a major trafficker in the southern part of, uh, of the United States. So as I kept digging, I found out that there was a fugitive down in Mexico uh, that had escaped from prison. He had dope. Uh, warrants. He had all kinds of criminal activity and warrants for his arrest. Well, as we kept digging, the more, you know, obviously the more we uncovered, and we uncovered uh, an organization that uh, we ended up indicting about 150 people across country. Um, when we executed a search warrant here in Tucson on, we called him Bud, Bud Brown. When we executed a warrant on his place, uh, of course, the defense attorneys did everything in their power to try to suppress our search warrant and everything else. Well, when they found out that they couldn't suppress our warrant, what they wanted to do was work uh, into a deal. I said, Okay. Your client has to tell us absolutely 100% truth on everything. If he lies to me one time, we will go to trial. Uh, and he has to plead guilty to a criminal, uh, continuing criminal enterprise. And they agreed to it. We had a, a proffer. He told us, okay, the person I've been involved with the most is Rafael Carl Cantero down in, in Mexico. He's our supplier. So we started talking and doing different things as far as trying to get more information out of him. And as we kept digging, the more of a connection that we found with the with our organization, with the Carl Contero organization in Mexico. Uh, when they started uh, doing the trials as far as the murder of uh, Kiki, they would come to to Bud and say, okay, what do you know about this? And he would tell them, I mean, absolute minute details. He was never used as a witness, but he did lead them into different areas where the uh, investigation of Kiki's death needed to go. So it, it, was, it was pretty cool. Got to do a lot of traveling uh, at a moment's notice. Well, just to tell you what a small world it is, when I first got to Tucson in 1993, 
the marshal service had put into official use a number of vehicles that came out of the rafael carl quintero case mm-hmm. and i know that i drove at least one of those back in the early 90s that was probably some of the vehicles that we seized yeah, I, here I'm in assuming it was yeah yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to I want to talk a little bit more about your son's deployment and the trigger for that yeah. that took you to that dark place. Because <clears throat> did they did you ever become familiar with the term career cumulative traumatic stress? So I, I'm I did a lot of work with folks involved in critical incident over the course of my career so this is a subject that's very dear to me so for the audience please expand on that and how what happens to an officer as they go through their career that is constantly exposed to horrible things excuse me one of the bad things that i did was i didn't talk about my career when i would get home i would park my career at the door and i'd go in and try to be a family man and my wife got to the point where she could look at me and she said, okay, you went through something bad today. And I said, yeah, but I can't talk about it. You know, uh, so it was, I didn't find somebody at work that I could really sit down and say, okay, this is what I'm experiencing until I hit rock bottom in 2000, uh, early 2010. And at that point I said, you know, I, everything, you know, uh, everything I had done, everything I had seen during my nightmares would come racing forward. <clears throat> there was one night that when I was at my lowest point that all of a sudden every face that I had seen dead came <clears throat> came rushing forward. I, I mean, it was like. Boom, 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 boom. Face after face after face after face. Uh, I tried to seek a, a, a counselor that specialized in PTSD. Now, I've never been officially diagnosed with PTSD, but they, uh, my doctor suggested this one uh, psychologist that specialized in PTSD and he didn't do anything for me not a thing and we'll talk about what really helped me when we get into the idea of when we start talking about the rides because it well I'll I'll save that for later but uh, you know it was just I didn't want to eat I didn't want to socialize I I and the, one of the big triggers for me was the thought of my son coming home in one of those metal caskets uh, draped by a flag. That was one of the things that really kicked my rear end um, because of my only son. You know, and, I, and he lived with me from the time he was seven years old until the time that he was 24, 25 when he entered the, went into the military. You know, so it, it was just... And he and I have a very close relationship. As a matter of fact, he's a police officer now back in Massachusetts in a small little town outside of Boston. And he said, Dad, I wanted to follow in your footsteps. You know, he went to the Army because I went in the Army. He became a cop because I, be- I was a cop. You know, and it, it was like, okay, you know, it's not a profession I would have picked for him right now. 
But right. Yeah, it's a tough time. Yeah. So let's talk about your military career quickly. Okay. Why don't you go back well, and tell us what you did in the Army? Well, 17, uh, 18 years old, I, I enlisted to become a uh, uh, MP because I knew that that was the career path I wanted to take. I wanted to be a cop uh, from a very early age. Got into basic training, got injured, and they said, you're no longer fit to be in the military. So they medically discharged me. Okay. Okay. And then came back and yep. recovered and wound up yep. in law enforcement with the Department of Public Safety. Right. And as a matter of fact, the doctor in the in the Army told me, he said, you'll never be a cop. And I said, hide and watch. <laughs> very good. Very good. So when you... You said that these rides and these things were what kind of was a catalyst for your recovery. So why don't we why don't we now kind of transition into how we got to the Memorial Riders, the Arizona Fallen Heroes Memorial Riders? Okay. Uh, late 2017, a former supervisor contacted me. Excuse me, and he said, "You've been organizing." these day rides, why don't we figure up something that we can do to honor the fallen, like a memorial ride? And I said, you know, I've been thinking about that for quite a while. Uh, He said, well, okay, uh, let's honor the DPS people. At the time, there was 29. And we started the planning, and 18 months worth of planning, we came up with this idea that what we would do is we would have three days, uh, in, one day in September, one day in October, and one day in November, that we would ride. November would be northern Arizona, September, uh, sep- September would be northern Arizona, October would be southern Arizona, and November would be in central Arizona. And what we would do is uh, we would raise money for charity. We picked a charity in 2019 that we were going to sponsor, which was the Concerns of Police Survivors. Got them on board, developed the details on how we were going to make this run work. Contacted the DPS director. DPS director said, oh, absolutely. And we knew the 50th anniversary of DPS was coming up. So we wanted to celebrate the 50th anniversary plus... Uh, honor the fallen. During the middle of planning, uh, Tyler Eckenhofer was killed. And I, 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 you probably know a little bit about him. He was killed on his last day of field training, which was a, a total shock. So once we got everything, all the details worked out, we said, okay, we want photographs of all, all 30 fallen. We ended each ride with a barbecue, so what we did was, by region, we put the officer's photographs out at the barbecue and held a special ceremony for them. We rode to the different monuments, uh, held a memorial ceremony at the monuments, and then it was something special once we got to the barbecue. Our first, well, let me back up just a second. Initially, our thought was to do the entire run on one day, but that was all, that was impossible for us to do because we had officers killed in Page to Nogales, from Yuma almost to the New Mexico border. 
in the south, in the north from Kingman to the New Mexico border. So there was no way we could do all this in one day. And that's when we came up with the idea of three days. Um, <clears throat> when we completed the the first run in 2019, the total, we ended up raising right at $100,000 and 200 riders. Um, 2020, we decided to become a, a nonprofit organization. We filed the paperwork. We followed the, the plan that we had developed in 2019. But this time we decided that what we wanted to do was honor all first responders. Once we got to that point, we decided that we were going to support the 100 Club of Arizona. 2020, we uh, did our normal runs in September, October, and November. We raised uh, right at, um, well, let me back up just a second. COVID hit. In- well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's do this. It's time for a break. Okay. We'll take a break, and then we'll be back, and we'll pick up with that, and we'll be right back. Okay. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. If you live in the area of 2500 East Menor and have security camera footage from November 30th, 2021, between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m., you might have information needed to solve a murder. Use 88 Crime to upload your videos and stay anonymous. Si usted vive en la área de 2500 Este de la Menor, y tienes cámaras de seguridad del 30 de noviembre de 2021, entre las 10 de la tarde y 12 de la mañana, es posible que tengas información necesario para resolver un homicidio. Visita la página 88crime.org para subir sus videos y permanecer anónimo. Daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping. You're not only cold, hungry, and lost in a densely wooded area, you're injured. Time is of the essence. Sarsi is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarsi.org. That's S-A-R-C-I dot org. We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit. This is Amy, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Before you head out, turn your location app on in your smartphone, then power that phone off Hi, this is Sherry. Just kidding. But we do want you to know that every Saturday morning at 8, Law Matters Live show brings you law enforcement. On our next show, Sherry talks with Scott Glass about Internet crimes aimed at our youth that you need to be aware of. And remember to nominate your favorite veteran for a day of recognition. Sign up for the active shooter training and join the Tensor on lawmatters1030.org. Law Matters podcasts can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Johnson, the retired DPS detective and uh, co-founder and president of the Arizona Fallen Heroes Memorial Riders. So I just want to remind everybody also real quick, Sarsi wants us to stay out of running water. 
whether you're walking or driving or riding a bike or riding a motorcycle, stay out of running water. It's monsoon season, and uh, you don't want to be on the news with one of those swift water rescues. Now, for those of us that are, for those of you listening, if you can hear roaring in the background, we are at a Harley-Davidson dealership, Harley-Davidson at Tucson or Marana. And they're actually running motorcycles in here. So <laughs> if, if you can hear that, that's what that is. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get back to what we were talking about right right before the break. You were, we were talking about how you got to where you are today. Yeah. And we left off with COVID. So one, one thing I want to do, though, is if you want to give us a call, we are at 790-2040. 790-2040. Give us a call and join the conversation with Terry Johnson. So go ahead, Terry. All right. Uh, now let me back up just one second. Uh, our idea of first responders is all federal, state, county, uh, city, town, small town, law enforcement. Uh, we also, firefighters, military, and we also recognize highway zone workers and tow truck drivers that killed in the line of duty. So th- that's our idea of who we we recognize. Um, as we all know, 2020 COVID hit, and they shut the country down. Initially, we thought, oh, man, this is going to be, this is not going to be good for the ride. So we kept really paying attention to to what the way the country was going, and uh, once they opened it back up, we said, "Okay, we're going forward. We don't care. We're going to go forward." Uh, surprisingly, we found that there was a lot of people that wanted to get out and uh, wanted to do something. So we we had approximately two hundred riders. Even during COVID, uh, and we raised right at $56,000 that we were able to donate to the 100 Club. And that was cash in kind and through a, a raffle. In 2021, you know, of course, we were still having the COVID issues. But we we decided we're going to keep going. We're just going gonna to get out there and ride. And uh, we added stops at the Tucson Police Department and also at the uh, Tucson Fire Department. And what we do is at those uh, agencies, we hold memorial service for their fallen, and then we move on. We also added uh, a stop in Yarnell for the central ride to, to recognize the Granite Mountain hotshots that were killed. Uh, we last year we had a little over 170 riders, and uh, we raised another forty thousand dollars in in cash and in kind donations that we were able to give to the 100 Club. Uh, so far in 2022, we've added uh, stops uh, in Flagstaff to honor uh, Tyler Stewart who was a young Flagstaff PD officer that was killed. And the other day I found out a heartbreaking uh, story about about this. Tyler's dad it was a DPS sergeant. Tyler was going to meet his dad after he finished the call that he was killed on. 
and it, it, it after learning that it was like yeah we got to we got to make a stop there you know we invited his dad and his stepmom out uh to be a part of the memorial they're going to be our guests at the barbecue in Flagstaff so it, it, it's just we're trying to make it more of a family oriented and bring survivors in you know not just the family members that survived but also uh, first responders who actually survived a major event. We're trying to reach out to them saying, come, come be a part of our barbecue. Let us honor you for your sacrifice. Uh, so the heroes come in many shapes and sizes and absolutely. forms and absolutely. backgrounds and incidents that they've been involved in. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, break down. Uh, let's start with. Let's go through each of the upcoming events. Okay. Where they're at, when, who you're honoring, okay. what the route of travel is, and the charities that you're supporting, those kind of things. Okay. We uh, we are supporting the 100 Club of Arizona Continuing. That's our, until we find another organization or we get to the point where we can do something similar to what the 100 Club is doing, we'll keep supporting the 100 Club. September 24th is going to be our northern ride. We'll have people starting Kingman, Pine Top Lakeside, and also in Prescott. We have tried to invite other agencies to come out and be hold their own memorial rides and then meet us at a designated location where we can finish the ride together. The Kingman ride will take as many back roads as possible to get to Flagstaff. The Prescott ride, we, we take as many back roads as possible to get to Sedona and then from Sedona up to uh, to Flagstaff. And Pine Top Lake site is basically the same thing. October 15th is down here in Tucson. Just let me ask you about okay. Northern Arizona. How many riders do you anticipate for that? We have Right now we have a little over 100 riders registered for, for that route. And how long does the route take? It can take, uh, depending on where you start from, it could take up to about five hours. Okay. Uh, All right. Which is a good Sunday afternoon. I, I know, uh, you know, riding motorcycles on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon up and down, you know, all around the state, you'll see groups of folks out riding. So this is essentially a, a ride similar to that. Yeah. For, for a purpose. Yeah, for a purpose. With a large group of people. Yep. Absolutely. Now, one, one of the things that we added this year was... If we are aware of a first responder dying in an area where we make a relief stop, we will mention their names and their end of watch date. That was something that we felt was very important for us to add this year. So people don't, we don't forget those first responders who made that that ultimate sacrifice. The, uh, now you may do the October yeah, please. Let's okay, October, October is October is going to be October 15th down here in Tucson. We'll have two groups that take off from Tucson. One group will stay in the Rich, metro see area. See if you can boost your mic levels a little bit. One one group will stay in the metro area and stop at uh, stop at the DPS monuments. Pima County Sheriff's Office, the Tucson Police Department, the Fire Department, and then uh, we'll 
stop at a designated location where we all meet. Uh, the other group from Tucson will take off and go to Nogales, out to Texas Canyon, and back. The, the Nogales run is the one that is the most dear, near and dear to my heart because my field training officer was killed in Nogales. Please tell us his name. Manny Tapia. And, and by the way, I was a part of the investigation of his, his death. Uh, I get to that scene and I can tell you where every piece of evidence was found, even to this day. And he was killed in 1991. So, um, and then we have a group that comes in from Yuma. And they take as many back roads as possible to Tucson to get to Yuma. Uh, then November the 12th is going to be our central ride. We'll start in Prescott, stop in Yarnell for the uh, uh, Granite Mountain Hotshots. Then we'll stop in Anthem for a DPS officer that was killed. Then we have one group that rides the Beeline Highway, which is State Route 87. There's a couple of officers that were killed on that uh, particular road. And then we have a group that runs down to just north of Casa Grande near Sacatone. The November 12th ride is also our veteran ride where we recognize the veterans at the barbecue. And uh, they, uh, we have 100 riders, a little over 100 riders up north, a little over 100 riders down here in the south, and we're approaching 100 riders in the, in the central. Now, one thing I, I failed to mention that I, I do need to mention is you don't have to ride a motorcycle to ride with us. I actually have that written down here. I wanted to make sure we talked about that. So <laughs> now's a good time as any. Go ahead. Okay. Initially, when we, we set this all up back in 2019, we realized not everybody rides a motorcycle. So how do we get those people that want to be a part to come in and and be a part of it? Well, okay, if you don't ride a motorcycle, come on. We don't care. You drive a car, a truck, an SUV, come on. We have vehicles. We always need support vehicles that can carry water for the riders. Uh, we have a recovery vehicle that if a motorcycle breaks down, we can put it up on. Uh, it's just... We want to try to get as many people who support law enforcement, well, first responders, get them involved. Uh, Our fees are not that expensive. We try to keep the fees down as much as possible so we can keep everybody or get everybody involved. All right. So tell me uh, uh, how many non-motorcycle riders do you have in in each event? We usually average four, five, six um, in each event. Okay. Some of them are first responders that don't ride motorcycles. Some of them are just want to get out and support law enforcement, or, you know, first responders. Well, I'd have to say that if uh, I was going to participate, I'd be one of the non-motorcycle riders. I'd be driving my vehicle, my four-wheel vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So tell us how people register for the events. Okay, you can register online. Uh, Our website is azfhmr.org. Try that again. azfhmr.org. You can come down to Harley-Davidson pretty much any given weekend, and we will be here. We'll help you get registered. Uh, we have flyers that have QR codes that you can register uh, via that way. We have uh, secure payment online that you can use a credit card to, to pay. 
you can, you know, we welcome everybody. We want everybody involved. All right. Now, you want to put out what the what it costs to ride, and about the different membership levels that you have in your sure. We have uh, for a single rider is forty five dollars. For a rider and a passenger is sixty five, and that basically helps cover the cost of the T-shirts and the cost of the of the barbecue. If you for each rider in a, a motor vehicle, uh, an automobile, just add uh, I think it's twenty dollars if I remember correctly, uh, and then uh, we the barbecue is ten dollars, and you can do all the registration for that online. We have a caterer that caters all three barbecues. And uh, is Caldwell County Barbecue out of Chandler that's uh, catering this year. And it's got a pretty good menu. Well, be more specific. Well, I think we have pulled pork, turkey, uh, I believe there's coleslaw, beans. And, uh, of course, we'll furnish the drinks for it. So, And it's a, it's a good, good food. And that all comes with the registration? Yes, that does. So you ride for four or five hours, whatever the length of the ride is. It ends at a barbecue where you honor, yes. the, you know, honor the the folks. That yeah. The, and one of the things that we do at the barbecue is the most current first responders who have fallen. We have a chaplain read their names. We have a special poem that is read. If we have uh, bagpipers, we have the bagpipers of, uh, at the barbecue to play. Uh, the presentation of the colors and also my favorite, Amazing Grace. You know, and usually by the time we're done, there's no dry eye in the house. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. If, um, again, we're here at uh, Harley Davidson in Marana, Harley Davidson, Tucson, here on Ina and the Frontage Road in Marana. If you want to give us a call, I have a question for Terry. The number is 520-790-2040. I do want to plug something this this year. We have we're also doing a Fisher Ride House. Uh, we're going to try to raise money for them, uh, and also at the Tucson uh, Barbecue, we do have a band, a live band that has decided to donate their time and effort to support us. And who's the band? It's called Red, uh, Red to Gray. And it is really, they're a 70s, 80s rock band, and uh, they're going to be performing that during the barbecue. They've got a, a great set that has been, that they've played at other other events that I've, uh, I've attended, and it's really, really awesome that they were able to step up and do this for us. So are, can people just go to the barbecue? Can they sign up and just yes. attend the barbecue? Yes, $10. Ten dollars for the yep. barbecue. Okay, yep. and they could do that at your website as well. Yes. So, um, for everybody's benefit, might not know what Fisher House is. Please describe for people what the Fisher House is and what they what they do. Uh, you know, I actually benefited from the Fisher House. My son was injured and had to have surgery, and I was able to stay uh, and benefited from the Fisher House. Uh, the Fisher House, when when a military personnel is injured and in the hospital or they have an illness and they're in the hospital, 
the Fisher House provides housing for the family members of that service member at little or no cost. And they can be there for as long as they need to be there, as long as their, their, uh, their loved one is in the hospital and having issues. So it's really a great organization. And it's just, a friend of mine asked me, can, can we do something for the Fisher House? And I said, absolutely. Yeah, Fisher House is kind of the Ronald McDonald House. For the military. The children, the, the, what the Ronald McDonald House is to children's hospitals, Fisher House is to VA hospitals. Right. Right, and, and providing lodging and places for families to stay while their loved ones are in the hospital. Right. Or going whatever treatment or whatever right. they have going on. Right. Uh, I also want to plug in two things. In 2013, we're going to have a poker run, and the poker run is uh, going to be uh, here in the Tucson area, and poker runs are a lot of fun. And, it, and again, it's all to raise money that we can give to charity. My, my organization is staffed by nothing but volunteers. We have absolutely no paid employees. So every, every penny we, we raise goes to something good. All right, so describe for people how our poker run works, because these right. are a lot of fun. So why don't you kind of walk through how you participate in a poker run. We will have five businesses where the riders will make a stop. At the stop, they can draw a card. And whoever, at the end of the poker run, whoever has the best hand wins. Whoever has the worst hand also wins. So it's it's just one of those things that you travel around the area, you stop at businesses, you draw a card, you go to the next business, you draw a card, and on and on until you get finished. Do you get to pick a card? Any card? Yep. Okay, so that you don't, they just don't hand you a card. No, it, it, the way we're looking to to set it up is either a, a spinning wheel where they'll spin and they'll have 52 cards on it that they, that's a card that they'll that they choose where it stops uh we're talking about a dartboard throwing a dart to see if they can uh what card that they can they can get uh you know and so on right on down the line all right so at the end is a barbecue at the end of the yes run there also? will be a, a barbecue at the end uh it's $30 for single rider and $40 for rider and passenger. Uh, everybody, the passenger will play, will have the opportunity to draw cards just as everybody else. So it's going to be fun. And I, I keep wanting to emphasize that no motorcycle necessary to participate. Uh, I'm sorry. I said no motorcycle necessary to participate. No, it is open to everybody. Yeah. All right. So you can dri- I can drive my car to each yep. of the five places, yep. get yep. my card, and... Head to the barbecue and see what my uh, see what my hand yep. is. Just out of, if you know, I, maybe this is too far into the weeds, but what kind of hand do you get that wins? You know, if you're spinning a, a wheel or picking cards at five different businesses, I mean, do, is it a pair of deuces wins, or do someone wind up with a full house or four kings, or what? What kind of hand winds up winning a poker? Uh, well. I, I don't know. With that motorcycle in the background, I really didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was trying to ask you what uh, what hand wins a poker run. You drive to all these places. You pick a card. Is, does two deuces win, or do you get four of a kind or a full house? Yeah. It, a flush? Or, you, you know, know it, it's just, it, just like playing poker. 
you know, like five-card stud or something like that. Okay. You, you draw the five cards, and whoever has the best hand, if you have, if you have four of a kind, or if you have a full house, or if you have a royal flush, you know, if you're lucky enough to get a royal flush, that's the winning hand. You know, and then if you draw a one, two, three, and four of five of whatever mixture of cards, you know, and that's the worst hand, you'll, you'll get a prize. So. so, for the listeners here in Southern Arizona, why don't you mention in specifically here in Southern Arizona some of the stops that you make and who you're honoring? The, uh, the, the established honored the DPS, the 30 DPS guys that were killed in the line of duty. What we're trying to do is we're trying to, uh, we're trying to expand that now since we're, we developed all our, decided that we wanted to honor all first responders. So what we want to do is try to get more agencies involved. Um, we, we want to honor all first responders. We want to remember all first responders that have made that ultimate sacrifice. Uh, a couple of years ago, we honored the, uh, the U.S. Marshal uh, yeah, Deputy. Chase White. Yeah, that was killed. Uh, we, one of the things that we do, the T-shirts that we give out to our riders, of course, we have to rely on corporate sponsors to try to help us uh, raise the money and cover the cost of things. But the T-shirts that we give to the to our riders, we put the names of the fallen on the back of of those T-shirts, so you their their names are displayed. Throughout the ride, people see those names. We have people that decide to wear those shirts almost constantly, you know, which is awesome. Now, also, if people can't ride or make the barbecue, they can still donate in right. the name of a fallen officer. So, why don't you mention? mention yes, that as well. uh, that's one of the one of the things that we d- decided early. If if you just want to sponsor, uh, or if you just want to donate to our cause. You can donate in the name of Fallen Officer. You can go to our website, and there's a special link. You fill out the officer's name. You make the donation. And uh, we we try to honor those donations through uh, our social media and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things that we... We have uh, that I, I've really been trying to sell is look at the number of officers that have died nationwide. The officer uh, officer down memorial page. You can go pick a name and just donate in their name, or you can donate from somebody here in Arizona. The constable that was just recently killed. We you know uh, you can donate in her name. It, it will go to help. Right. And pay it forward. And I want to say her name, Constable sure. Deborah Martinez Garibay, who was killed Thursday serving an eviction notice and also killed in that terrible tragedy, was the property manager, Angela Fox Heath, right. and uh, a neighbor, uh, an innocent bystander for sure, Elijah Mar- Miranda. So I just want to, you know, that was a tragedy we faced here in Tucson just this week. It's probably a little bit too soon to have her added to one of your rides, but I'm assuming in the future Constable uh, Martinez Garibay will be added. I'm sure the one of the uh, chaplains will mention her at the barbecue. 
are when we get started uh, prior to the rides. Uh, her name will appear on next year's T-shirts. Okay. I've already got her. I've already got her name listed uh, and and started. We we go from August first to July thirty first. Those are the names that appear on our T-shirts. This year we have fifty four names. Most of the fallen were from COVID. Some were from assault, some some type of incident where they were killed in the line of duty. But we have 54 names. And I also want to mention, because I think this is an evolving thing with law enforcement dealing with survivors, is I noticed you're also honoring some people that uh, died by suicide. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah pretty much... Every law, uh, well, I'm going to say pretty much every first responder has some sort of PTSD that they deal with. We lose so many first responders to suicide, and it's all related to PTSD. Me going through that real dark period of my life, I, I was at that point where I said, I just want the pain to end. I never tried to commit suicide. But but then I decided, we decided, okay, that should be considered a line of duty death. If the suicide is, if the first responder is uh, suffering with PTSD and commits suicide, we've got to honor them somehow. Right. And one of the things I saw, our careers kind of overlapped a little bit, but I started a little bit after you and extend a little bit after you retired. But during my career, the two biggest things I saw was this recognition of career cumulative stress and dealing with people. Uh, Resiliency is now a big thing in law enforcement and critical incident stress debriefings and, and dealing with officers in the immediate aftermath of traumatic incidents to keep them mentally and emotionally healthy. Right. Is, is kind of something that evolved. I mean, uh, I, I used to say you asked someone in 1990 how they felt about something, right? And you were going to get, you know, like you said earlier, you, don't, you, you never talked about these things. You yep. never, you, know, you kept it all inside. Yep. And over time, that builds up and you wound up in a dark place late in your career. Right. So now with resiliency being a thing and teaching people, how, you know, teaching officers how to deal with these how to deal with the critical incidents that they that they're involved in, and and how to recover from those, and how to keep themselves healthy, is one of the biggest evolutions I saw in my time in in law enforcement, and and you saw a good portion of it as well. Yeah, and and you know for so long agencies looked at PTSD or at suicides as they tried to keep it at arm's length. Some agencies are starting now to recognize that it is a is a serious problem, and I think that I think that we need to progress more at recognizing that PTSD and the critical incident uh, involvement. There has to be more help. You know, it's just one of those that is very near and dear to my heart. Well, and it's uh, again. Recognizing suicide and having suicide be recognized by agencies, you know, in the old days, it was something you didn't speak about. Absolutely. You know, and now it's become, we're on, you know, our officers are being honored 
and much in the same way as officers killed the line of duty yeah. for those sacrifices because yeah. it's a similar sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing here today after when Harley-Davidson here opens? What are you going to be doing here today? We're going to be running uh, what we refer to as a registration drive. Uh, we have tables set up where we have our merchandise. We have uh, the ability to to get registered. Uh, when we get done until about 2 o'clock, uh, depends on how busy we are, but uh, we should be here until about 2. Anybody that wants to get registered or talk to us, come down. Come down and talk to us. We'll be more than happy to talk to you and let you know a little bit more about the organization and how we got started and, and everything that we're doing. All right, great. So you'll have, you're here with some of your volunteers that yes. are other retired law enforcement officers. Yes. I know. Uh, there's someone here retired from Tucson Police, someone else retired from the Naperville, Illinois Police Department right. that we talked to before the show, and you, you'll be here. Right. So come on down to Harley-Davidson of Tucson here in Marana this until 2 o'clock today and uh, get more information about the Arizona Fallen Heroes Memorial Riders and their upcoming events. And if you're available on any of the dates that they're having having an event, please uh, consider participating. Please take a, take a minute to support them in their efforts by going online to azfhmr.org. Correct. And I, I'm, going to do, I'm going to do that one more time because I know people that are driving aren't going to get it, right? Yeah. But people that might be sitting at home might get this, azfhmr.org, which is... The Arizona Fallen, Fallen Hero Memorial Riders. Dot org. Dot org. All right. 30 seconds. Thank you, uh, Terry, very much for being here today. Thank you for your service, and not only in the Army, but in, in the Department of Public Safety for your son's service. And uh, I want to remind everybody to please take a look at our website for upcoming events. September 10th, we're at the Tucson Police Department for our active shooter training. And next week, we have law enforcement veteran Scott Glass. So until then, take care. Stop out at Harley-Davidson Moran, and we'll see you next time.